Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. This is Wacky Wednesday. I'm Adam Best, here as always with the golden voice of Sterling Holmes and producer Richard doing his thing behind the scenes. Good show today, Sterling. Got a yeah, great I'm stoked, guest. man. Uh, I'm really fun, looking forward to this. Yeah, we've got a fun little interactive mock draft we're going to do to close it out. Uh, so let's just get into it. Yeah, yeah. First off, let me just say this. I've spilled water on myself twice today, once in the radio station and once here in the podcast station or studio, whatever you want to call it. I need a sippy cup, but you know what I will not spill? Casey Birko. It's too glorious to spill. I I, I take care of it like a baby. I the stakes it. are high, you know? It, the water, stakes are very high. The stakes are low. And they have a new beer. Never say IPA. I had a chance to try it. My first sip literally was, holy shit, this is good. I sent a text over to them and said, Y'all, you nailed it. You nailed it. It's, it's called Never Say IPA because they said they would never make an IPA. It's not a German-style beer, but they added it to their new uh, collection of beers. Let me tell you, it is phenomenal. I could not recommend it anymore. 21 plus, please drink responsibly. But if you find the green carton Never Say IPA, the red carton in your local store, we appreciate it so much when you guys go out and buy Casey Beer Co. You tag them in tweets. You tag us in tweets. It means the world to us. Again, we're, we're just a podcast talking Kansas City Chiefs football. They are a local brewery. It means a lot to us. We're not this huge, massive conglomerate, right? We're not this big local beer company. They're a small beer company here in Kansas City that's growing day by day, week by week. And they have the best beer, not just in Kansas City, but in my opinion, the world. So Casey Beer Co., dare to beer different. All right. So if you want to be the smartest NFL fan in your inner circle, the Athletic Football Show is a must listen. Robert Mays and our guest, Nate Tice, do a tremendous job. I rarely miss an episode. It's kind of how I start my morning. And to really understand the, the Chiefs, I think I have to understand the framework uh, of the entire league. So we're thrilled to have Nate on the show today. Welcome, Nate Tice. Thanks for having me. That was a brilliant ad read. I, I haven't had to do an ad read yet, but taking notes. I'm taking notes. Uh, no, but thank you for the intro. I'm glad you listen uh, as I stutter and ramble my way through take after take and whatever my thoughts are that I try to stream of consciousness, I think is my style. You know, some, you know, I, I work with one of the best hosts in the business and Robert's so eloquent and will wax poetics about something like guard play. And then there <laughs> I am just rambling and rumbling about like oh, success you're, you're rate on third down or short. something like that. <laughs> but <laughs> thank you for the intro. Happy to be here, yeah. guys. Yeah. Robert's curiosity is, is great, but my grandfather played in the NFL. So football is also in my blood. Not, I didn't grow up on the sideline like you did, but I, I, I just really feel like we're kind of kindred spirits because I never, I never had a choice, but to get into football, it was just day, day one. Uh, and, and now I'm a junkie and I get that vibe from you 
And one of the reasons we wanted to have you on, we'll get to this, is because last offseason, you were one of the few national experts who accurately predicted that the Chiefs offense would take a step forward without Tyreek Hill, which bravo, man. I, I, I don't <laughs> think I mean, count on like one hand, the people who are saying that. It was, uh, well, I did Mina Kimes' show last year on Name Drop, and I, I did her show and we did top 10 offenses. And I threw out the, I said, Chiefs number one. And I said, with a bullet. And she went, oh, spicy take. And I was like, really? You know, they have this guy named Patrick Mahomes who's really good. And they have an offensive line that they injected talent. They have uh, this guy called Andy Reid, who is considered one of the greatest offensive innovators of all time. And people are saying, this is bad. Usually, when you look at an offense or look at anybody, you look at a team, you want to start with a quarterback and an offensive line. And then usually it's like, well, the play caller can't get the most out of them. Well, they have Andy Reid. So I, I don't know. It was one of those where I just maybe I think a lot of people wanted the cult of the new and wanted something of something new uh, uh, to enjoy or something to talk about. And I was like, no, go back to the basics. Let's talk about the all-time great quarterback with a good offensive line and a great play caller and Travis Kelsey still on the team. Felt like it was pretty simple, but sometimes people don't want simple. But I appreciate it. Thank you. I, I joked this and I, I've said this multiple times. Like if I were in Game of Thrones, uh, you know, I had a family in Game of Thrones, my house sigil would be a broken clock. Like that would that would be it. Once in a while, twice a day, I'm right. But it's not sometimes it's by accident, but sometimes I stumble into a good take. Well, they also have Amir Smith Marset too, right? Of course. And Justin <laughs> Ross. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for following my account. Uh Beach, I, I appreciate it. Yeah. No, they have a couple if Amir Smith Smith Marset ends up being like a productive player this year for the Chiefs, I'm gonna be so obnoxious. I'm going to be like, just like, uh, like I said, broken clock once in a while. I just fall into a correct take. <laughs> That's me with Richie James. So we both have our guy. We both yeah. have a wide receiver for at best that we're sitting here going, oh yeah, that's who I'm hitching my wagon to. Yeah. That's my Emmanuel Sanders light. That's what I think I originally <laughs> called him. Uh, let's, let's retract the take a little bit. I know what's so funny is that it wasn't even like, I think my grade on him was like a late third, early fourth, but it was just like, I don't see why this guy's not getting talked up more. And then it became its own thing. And then it's like, well, got to lean into the bit. Like you got to kind of, got to, gotta, you, you only have a few things that people remember. Might as well remember some random receiver from Iowa that's now on his third team uh, in his third year. So that's, that's exactly who you want to latch onto. That bear stint was pretty brutal for him. So Sterling thinks I'm a dork, but I'm into the superhero stuff. Uh, Mystique from the X-Men is a human chameleon who can change into anybody she wants to be. And I kind of think Mahomes is like that too. We saw that last year. He kind of uh, shape-shifted into a different kind of quarterback. So as someone who accurately predicted that transformation, what do you think the Kansas City offense will look like in 2023? Uh, I think they continue to lean into that under center run game that they kind of, or just really expanded run game, I should say, uh, especially uh, as highlighted in on the biggest stages, the Super Bowl, where they were getting to, you know, four or five different run concepts. And I know this isn't the sexiest thing in the world. And I, I'm talking about just the offense in general, but I think that they lean more into what they found last year with the 13 personnel, the tight ends. Um, using that maybe inject even more talent as as I like Noah Gray, but you can find players better than Noah Gray. And and you know, someone that even is more of a needle mover to pair with Travis Kelsey and maybe find the successor for Travis Kelsey, which is impossible, but at least maybe find somebody that can maybe do 60% of what he does. As far as Mahomes is, and this is something I think he has been underappreciated about, or it's been underappreciated about his play, 
is the trick shots and the highlights. That's the thing that gets, you know, shared on Twitter and memed. And that's what everyone like. They show the highlights and commercials and everything. He's a quarterback, like on top of the playmaking ability, the down the down stuff that he does. That's almost quote unquote boring is what makes him Patrick freaking Mahomes. It's not just the high end explosive plays. It's just it's that stat that I always bring up. The success rate is staying ahead of the chains. It's creating first downs when it it's a high low where he hits the high route. And so he's getting a 12 yard gain instead of a four yard gain. And he does that time and time again. And I could see them. I could see at the end of the 2021 season where they are kind of, oh, wow, defenses are, are really playing soft against us. All right. Well, I got to start nickel and diming and then creating if that doesn't work. And then last year, a lot of teams were playing man coverage against them, which because they, oh, no more Tyreek Hill. So it's bang up Travis Kelsey and make the other guys beat us. And he was still dicing defenses apart. And I think that's what's really what was like the evolution of his game was, okay, so now he, he's beaten zone. Now he's beaten man. He is the best quarterback against pressure. What else you got? And that's that's it's hard to say, like, where else he can evolve. I think it's just just ride this high. Uh, I think this I mean, this he's the best player I've ever watched. Yeah, I mean, I could say that without a doubt. Now, I said that last year we did uh, just not trying to put like a feather in my cap, but like we did the quarterback draft and like Justin Herbert went one. And I was like, oh, I get the rookie contract stuff, but you like Mahomes, like you're paying for great, a great player here. <laughs> like just because the money difference is different. Like, you know, there's a big money difference. It's like, this guy is so fantastic. So it's hard for me to say just one thing that he'll evolve in. I think it's just that this stuff that he evolved with last year and beating man coverage and the under center play action stuff. I think you're just going to see more of that this year, more to lean into and maybe with even more weapons, hopefully around them. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. I love the fact you also brought up the consistency of Patrick Mahomes because that is what really separates him. It's not just the highlights. It's the the down to down. Again, always staying ahead of the chains. He is so damn consistent. Uh, but it's well documented. You prefer larger prototypical X receivers. Yes. You think the Chiefs will draft a player like that in the round, you know, second round, third round, maybe A.T. Perry, Cedric Tillman's my kind of guy, uh, Jonathan mm-hmm. Mingo. What are you thinking here? Yeah, that's exactly the type of guy I think that they should go after. They got the kind of, you know, un, I would say undersized, more yak guy like Sky Moore. 
Um, Kadarius Tony plays like an undersized guy, but he is bigger than people realize. You know, he's six foot, like 195. He just moves like Gumby. Uh, you know, so they got kind of those types of yak guys on top of Kelsey being Kelsey, who kind of does everything. So I really do think the guy to drop in is that vertical, physical ball winner type just to give them a different flavor. Uh, the line I've stolen, I've said this on our pod is I've stolen it from Kyle Shanahan uh, is that's the thing. None of these thoughts are mine. I just steal from smarter people. It's just that is he likes his basketball room to look like or his receiver to room look like a basketball lineup. And I've always liked that. I think they got kind of the the combo guard and Sky Moore, you know, the slasher and Kadarius Tony, you know, Kelsey's Kelsey. But I think they need that power forward type um, or the center that you post up down low. And and I think that's exactly what they like. The guys that you just brought up, Cedric Tillman, I think would be fantastic um, for what they need. That's a true X. But really a guy is Mingo, uh, Jonathan Mingo from Ole Miss. I think what how uh, Justin Watson is first name, Judson, right? Justin yeah. Watson. The Yeah. yeah. Uh, with Watson, with how they used him um, is I let's get a guy use him the same way, but way more talented. Than Justin Watson. No offense to him, but it's just that Jonathan Mingo can do those types of routes, the overs, the crossers, um, something that gets him on the move on top of being a upside as a physical ball winner. That one makes a lot of sense to me. I know I talked about more of the guy you post up, but getting a guy on the move like that, like Mingo would be, I, I really like that pairing. Um, A.T. Perry, like you said, is another kind of vertical guy. And then a guy that if he falls, I don't think I don't think the Chiefs would take him at 31, but I think they might go a different direction. But, you know, uh, Quentin Johnson is, seems to be falling. People have kind of lost favor with him. But I, I actually like his pairing with the Chiefs because he's a yak guy. He's a big receiver that plays like a finesse receiver. And I don't mean he's soft. I actually think he's, you know, pretty physical. But as far with the ball in his hands, he can create an explosive play on crossers and overs as he kind of develops his receiver game. So that's another pairing that I like as well. But uh, that's the type of the arch type archetype i should say that i would like at that position so you mentioned this earlier 12 and 13 personnel Mm -hmm. in your opinion would it make sense to lean into that approach considering how devastating they were passing out of those formations and draft another young receiving tight end like dalton kincaid sam laporta uh, luke musgrave someone that kelsey could mentor who's maybe a step up from or two from jody fortson and noah gray oh yeah i i I would I would love so why why the the tight end stuff is so interesting with them is because defenses treat Travis Kelsey like a receiver. So if they trot out 12 personnel with two tight ends, defenses just go, oh, we'll stay in nickel and we're not going to put big bodies on the field. So what the Chiefs did said, what if we put three tight ends on the field? Are you guys gonna match with nickel or match with base, you know, with three linebackers or a three, four, four linebackers? And we saw with the Eagles game in the Super Bowl, the Eagles game, like it was some random game. The Super Bowl, uh, <laughs> they they went to 13 personnel. The Eagles were like, no, we're staying in nickel. We're we're staying five. So they just ran it down their throats. And that's the damned if you do, damned if you don't. That what I like about it. Why they had to lean into the three tight ends is because of how defenses treated Travis Kelsey. In basketball, they say you are what you guard. So a guy might be a a center or power forward, but he guards a lower position. It's like, well, you're a small forward, actually. Um, I think that's the same way with Kelsey is how defenses treat him. So I would love it if they leaned in and got a little uptick at at the position better than Blake Bell, you know, (laughs) the belldozer, as much as I like him as a blocker and stuff, um, or Fortson, like you brought up, or like I brought up earlier, Noah Gray. I do like Noah Gray as kind of like a Swiss army knife, but I like him as like your number three and have a better number two. The guy that, I think would be interesting, especially where the Chiefs are picking, because I think Kincaid's getting a lot of hype. 
as the tight end one. That's not coming out of nowhere. Um, but like a Michael Mayer would be fantastic. If he's there at 31, I think they should sprint up and give that pick in. Like, cause that, that him and Kelsey, I think would just pair really well. But also is Luke Musgrave from Oregon State, which you brought up. I think that guy, even though he hasn't played a ton of games in college because of injuries, is his upside. He moves like a star and he has size. He, he's legit, legitimately 255 and he carries it well. That's the guy that I see Kelsey mentoring into. No one's ever going to be Travis Kelsey again. Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer on the short list is the best tight ends of all time. But a guy that can move like that or have that athletic ability and true one-on-one pass catching ability where he can beat man coverage, that's one guy I look at that's like, there it is right there. But if you're saying what's upgrade from Noah Gray, then like a guy like Sam Laporta would make a lot of sense. But I think in that late second or third, you can get one of these guys. There's a lot of good tight ends in this class, and I think they're in a good position to get one of them. So I want to touch on this just a little bit more. The reason why I'm not intrigued or not interested in a tight end in the first round, I've done this so many times. If you go back 15 years and look at first round tight ends, the value's not there. The only two that have come close have been TJ Hawkinson. He's no longer even on the team that drafted the Lions. And then Kyle Pitts, who last year was basically used as a tackle. So it made no sense, right? That's where I'm coming from here. I also think the positional value for Kansas City, while I love the 12 and 13 personnel, you will not use it enough to get the positional value of an edge or a offensive tackle there, right? That, that's my personal opinion. Uh, I still yeah. think Travis Kelsey has four really good years left in him. Maybe I'm a little too optimistic here, but you know, then you're in a Jordan Love situation, different positions, obviously. You right. know, obviously, you're not playing two quarterbacks at the same time ever but you're not getting the value there. Do you have a little concern there if the Chiefs were to draft a tight end at 31 saying, that's great and all, it's a mismatch, but now you still have a major hole or at least a hole at tackle and edge that's going to be harder to fix. Oh, yeah, that, that's that's the thing too is that Mayer is seemingly is like people have like lost favor with him. That's like one that I would make the exception for at 31. Okay. Uh, that's that's kind of just a player situation and everything where I think makes sense. I agree with you, tight ends early. That's why I think is any team taking a guy like Kincaid in the top 20 is suicide because uh, you're getting a guy that's you know back problems. He's older. He also I, he's dynamic. Don't get me wrong, but also has limitations. It's about it's about snaps played. But I, like I said before, like a team like the Chiefs that use 12 personnel, like 11, like they'll be on third down and have be in 12 personnel. They get more snaps out of it. They were one of the leading teams out of 12 and 13 personnel last year. So I do think there is value. If you get that 25 to 32 snaps out of that guy, that's just as good as taking a receiver. And I mean, how many snaps did Sky Moore play last year? You know, uh, that that is getting that. It's about snaps played. And I think you, uh, you brought it up, but I think that's what they are in a, a unique situation that they actually use those guys. But having said all that, I do agree they do have a gaping hole at tackle, I think. Um, and also, I, I wouldn't mind them, especially at pick 31, um, looking for more of a kind of plugging defense alignment type. Uh, I know they you know you want more pass rush and juice, of course, but a guy that can pair well with Chris Jones on base downs, on first and second down, and may, I, I mocked uh, Maisie Smith from Michigan there uh, my last, in the last mock, and I just thought that my headcanon is that uh, you know stops them stops offenses from getting a lot of yards on first and second down and creates a lot of third and longs mm. because what does Steve Spagnuolo like to do on third and long blitz his ass off 
So let's create a lot of more advantageous situations for that. So it might not be the sexiest pick, but it could be a useful player to play 20, 25 snaps. That's in my head. Maybe Keanu Benton from Wisconsin. I'm biased, but I think he's a dynamic player. <laughs> I know it's but the, I, the I, people behind you doesn't give it away at all. I know. Right. Yeah. <laughs> blocker right out here. Uh, but people, yeah, I feel like a weatherman right there, uh, but it's, but people like, th- I think those, p- that position, it might not be the sexiest thing. I think right tackle, of course, if there's a guy that's great, um, but there's going to be a run on tackles early in the teens. I think in this draft, I think there's going to be some movement in that team. That's where a lot of these tackles are going to go. And I wouldn't like, you know, uh, Dewan Jones from Ohio State. I wouldn't like that pairing. You guys just went through the Orlando Brown experience. Why do it again <laughs> with yeah. Dewan Jones? So it, it just doesn't make sense to me. So I, I could really see a defensive lineman being the pick. And I think there's some interesting guys there that make sense. Uh, I want to stick on tackle just really quickly here. Not draft related, but a move the Chiefs made. They brought in... Juwan Taylor to replace Orlando Brown Jr. He was a right tackle with the Jaguars, obviously. They went through this right tackle, left tackle experience with Orlando Brown Jr. Obviously, they're completely different players. Juwan Taylor's the more athletic type. Orlando Brown Jr. was known as the more, uh, the mauler, right? But now we see the contract, and the contract is very interesting. Maybe Orlando Brown wouldn't have taken the same contract here in Kansas City. He would have felt like that was disrespectful. But what did you make of Brett Veach's decision here? Um, I understood it just for play style purposes. I think uh, maybe that Cincinnati Bengals game last year uh, is that last play is burned into their brain. I think they got the most they could out of them. And I think they probably gave him a deal. And I think that whole thing of like, I want to play left tackle limited what places that he would go. Um, I also think that there is, you know, you got to remember the human element with these negotiations. They might've wanted him back and offered him, And he just said, go F yourself. You know, and, and you never know. That might be an aspect of it. Um, I don't know anything. I'm just guessing how people work. Um, but with Taylor, you know, one good thing with the Chiefs is they have a great offensive line coach and Andy Heck. And I think that it's one spot where I'm like, okay, that this could work. Uh, his best ball is going to be in front of him. He's only in his mid-20s. I think he's 25 or 26, uh, Taylor uh, speaking to. Uh, so, you know, on that contract, you're getting him in his quote-unquote prime. God, I... There was a part of me that I thought they were going to make a trade uh, with the Texans uh, that I, I thought they were going to get a different left tackle on the trade market. I was starting to piece some things together during free agency. Like, why? Okay, Frank Clark makes sense. No Orlando Brown. Obviously, something here at left tackle. Laramie Tunsil, maybe? But that was, again, my head cannon going off. Um, but I think that's. I think it's more an athletic guy. I think they're using that position more as a puller as they diversify their run game. Orlando Brown's actually a decent puller, but getting a guy that's more athletic that can do zone stuff, diversify the run game. Patrick Mahomes makes a lot of players right, not just the pass catchers, but the offensive linemen. And maybe getting a guy that's a better athlete can kind of help and be more conducive for that rather than Mahomes going straight to scramble drill, you know, up and around that he did all the time around, around Orlando Brown. So do the Chiefs need to spend a day one or two pick on the other side, on a right tackle? Or, or do you <sighs> think they could sign like, you know, the Bengals signed Lael Collins last year? Yeah. Kind of, kind of, maybe somebody gets cut as the summer goes on and they bring in another camp body to compete with Lucas Niang. Which of those two avenues would you prefer for Kansas City? I would prefer to maybe find a stopgap. I don't think they have to, you know, they have the bank of Mahomes, not just contract wise, but just he covers up a lot. <laughs> so, you know, you don't, and you have a real strength in the interior with Tooney and Humphrey and Smith. So it's, 
it's all about your best five. So if your other four are pretty good, it's like, okay, how much resources are we going to commit to this? There's guys on the market. Isaiah Wynn, I believe is still on the market from the Patriots. He's battled injury history, but he played right tackle last year. That's a guy you might look at. Um, I've kind of theory I've dropped on our podcast is uh, Yash Neiman from Yash Neiman from the Packers uh, who got a second round tender. And I thought that would be a fantastic avenue for the chiefs to explore and maybe dabble in because that is a guy, you know, like a second round tender, you essentially be trading your second round pick. He is 26 or 27. You probably give a three, four year deal. He plays both tackle spots. And I think, well, I think he's actually a better left tackle than right tackle, but you're getting a guy in a second round pick. It's way better than anyone you can get in this draft. So I think maybe just stop gapping. It's scary, but stop gapping that right tackle spot. I mean, Patrick Mahomes made Andrew Wiley look decent. You know, it's it's like he he does a lot for his offensive linemen. So maybe that's a way to kind of reconfigure it as you already put so much resources in the offensive line. Yeah, we agree about Mahomes. We kind of call him the uh, the human blemish concealer. And I'm concerned with the offensive line at some point there's an over allocation of resources. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't you agree? Like with Mahomes' contract and Chris Jones's contract, you can't have a star at every position along the line. And they've got they've got four really good players. I think with that but, that fifth spot. Oh yeah, but two are on rookie deals. So yeah, it, it right. with two more years of it of rookie deals because they were day day two and day three picks. So yeah, I get what you're saying I, I, about the resources, but that's we're talking about the offense. But even look at the defense is when you nail a draft pick, it makes everything great because then you have all this money and resources you can use because you, you're you just like, okay, do we need it? Like a linebacker, they don't need an upgrade there, and they got two cheapies. So it's like, great, three cheapies, really, if you – Leo Chanel. Like, okay, great, all on rookie deals. Defensive line, you have Chris Jones. Now they got kind of got Frank Clark out of there, you know, and they – now they got Carl Loftus there. You know, now that, okay, yes, it's a first round pick at DB, all the rookie corners and safeties that they played last year, it helps just kind of like great flexibility. So I think having the two rookie contract offensive linemen gives them maybe another year ish of leeway until they maybe have to answer like what you're talking about, about how much resources are you expending there. And having one of the cheapest secondaries in the league, I think helps them spend more in other areas, right? Yes. Yes, it's that's and that's something the Chiefs and the Seahawks. And I think we're going to have a a show about this. uh, But when you nail a draft class, I think we're going to call it like the heat check draft class. But when you nail a draft class or find Geno Smith out of nowhere, that it gives you just so many avenues. It resets everything. And actually, when I saw how that draft class went last year, that's what made the Chiefs my Super Bowl pick. I was I saw Spagnola get through with these defenses that had guys that I mean, What's his name? Dan Sorensen. Like, you know, he's he's letting up. And I like Dan Sorensen, again, as a Swiss Army knife. But then it was like, he's playing all these snaps. And it was like, okay, now they're playing these guys that have way more athletic ability, way more something to them, that even if they none of them, like only half of them hit, that's so much better than what they trotted out before. But all of them hit or in some way, shape or form, which is like, that's why they're the Super Bowl champ is now they got this injection of talent out of nowhere. It's finding a diamond when you're expecting a penny, you know? So I think that's exactly what happened for them. And that's 
nailing a draft class does that for whatever position you're talking about. Yeah, it was intriguing too, because it's very rare when everyone comes to a consensus on a draft class, but it did feel like everyone from every corner of the NFL were saying, yeah, the Chiefs had a pretty damn good draft class. And you don't really ever hear that. There's always some sort of someone yeah. coming out there and saying, oh, that was that was two scoops of ass. That was Chiefs. But no, <laughs> the Chiefs had some agreement and that I thought was a good sign. Yeah. And it's what's even like, of course, the having always when you have two first round picks, by the way, everyone always gives you a good grade because it's sure. like, oh, they got two premium guys. But on top of that, last year, all those day three picks they nailed. I mean, if, what's his name? Uh, Jalen Watson was playing corner. He's a seventh round pick. And what, was he great? No, but he was a tangible, solid starter as a seventh round pick. Like that is. That's like so unexpected. Pacheco too, uh, in the seventh Pacheco, round. Pacheco, another seventh rounder. Um, the safety. Oh, Brian Cook. Brian Cook, once he got healthy, they were able to get into dime personnel. And he wasn't a negative player. He was a fine player for them. That's the thing. Everyone wants star, 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 star. Just being average or above average is just huge. Like, because uh, like I've always talked about the Bengals offensive line last year. They went from crap to average. And people are like, well, they're not, it's not all these pro bars. It's like, it doesn't matter. You were so bad there last year. <laughs> just being average is great improvement. And I think you could just do that for any position. And that's what they did. And just nailing pick after pick, especially on day three, that, that, that'll do it. Well, Nate, we know you're super busy this time of year. So thank you so much for coming on. Be sure to follow Nate on Twitter. Check out the athletic football show. Again, it's terrific. It's part of my morning ritual. Uh, but thanks again, man. No, thanks for having me on. Thanks for me. Let me say a lot of words. <laughs> Appreciate it. But no, you did a great hey, job. Uh, thank you so much. All right. Take care, Nate. It was insightful. Dude, it's great having on people way smarter than us. That's always outstanding. Anytime you have someone on who's way smarter than us, that's the dream. It's good to be curious. And I think that's one thing I would like to do with the show before the draft and the summer. And we talked about this is we, we also want to have uh, smart voices from inside the kingdom. But I think every once in a while, getting somebody who can look at the entire league and give us a more objective opinion on our chiefs is a very valuable process. You ready to uh, dive into a mock? Let's do it, baby. Here in an ambulance. Someone's excited about us mocking. It's not my house. I'm like, I, I heard that ambulance too. And I got very nervous. That, that's outside your house, right? I think so. I can't tell with the with the uh, with the earpods in. So I'm firing up the PFF mock draft simulator. We're going to do Sterling and I with you guys kind of as our consigliaries. We're going to have a war room and we're going to talk through each pick. We can make trades. It might get kind of complicated, but we're going to talk about who is available at 31. And I'm going to enter the draft. Now, would you like to trade up? I want Darnell Wright. Give me Darnell Wright. <laughs> How's this? I think it's going to cost too much to, to go up and get him. I want Darnell, Darnell Wright. Wright. I'm telling you. Uh, go to pick 18 for me. Do the first 18 picks. I don't know if you're able to do this in your mock draft. Get to pick 18. Is he still there? Let me see. We're going to slow it down. Because I'm just saying what I would do personally is if I were the Kansas City Chiefs, I would trade up, and it, it should be for a tackle in my opinion. I think Darnell Wright's a guy I would look for. Broderick Jones, I, I, if he's still there, go go ahead and give me Broderick Jones. But the point is, I think I, Darnell I think Wright. Broderick Jones has the highest ceiling maybe of any tackle in this draft. 
my, my point is it might cost too much to get Broderick Jones, but this is me. I'm trading up. I'm getting Darnell Wright or Broderick Jones. I, I don't think pick 31 makes the most sense to stay at, in my opinion. I understand where Nate Tice is coming from, talking about, you know, Dalton Kincaid or, or Meyer, right? Meyer was his guy if he's there at 31. I, I just think positional value-wise, if the Chiefs can get their guy, the, the the tackle of the future, that makes the most sense, in my opinion. I think you can get a receiver later. I think you're not going up at 31 and getting a receiver that's going to uh, be there that, that that makes sense. I think if you're getting a receiver at 31, you're probably reaching. I think you might be even reaching at edge at 31, personally, because I do think there's a nice group of players in the second round, in the third round, that make the most sense. So that's why I'm saying I'm all, all in on – uh, on getting a tackle that's going to be there for a long time that you trust, you have faith in, and that's the way I'm going. I could go for that. I'm going to say one last thing about the tight end position, and then I will leave it because this is not just an argument for one round one. It's an argument for rounds two and three. And that's that would you rather reach on receiver or in, in a weak receiving class? or take a tight end and maybe the greatest tight end class we've seen in the last 10 or 20 years. And I think Andy Reed and our coaching staff can utilize a pass catching tight end. That's why I like Kincaid and Laporter and Musgrave a little bit better than, than uh, the Notre Dame kid, because I think you could almost use them as a de facto wide receiver. So, but I, I like the receivers in rounds two and three, as well as the edges. So I think from a value standpoint, going tackle in the first round makes a lot of sense. Now, potential trade partners, the, the lions have multiple first round picks. They're at 18. That's a possibility. The Seahawks, same thing. They're at 20. We know uh, what's their GM's name. Schneider. We know he loves to trade down 22. The, the Ravens, they don't have a lot of picks. They might want to trade down. And then the Vikings, they traded down last year out of the first round. So those are some possibilities. I've set this on slow. I'm going to see if we can get it on to about 18. And we'll see if Darnell Wright's there. We're going to see Bryce how the best is with the, uh, with the trade. Stroud. Will Anderson, three. Jalen Carter. The bad okay, so boy. far it's pretty pretty realistic so far then. Christian Gonzalez, Tyree wow. Wilson, Anthony Richardson to the Raiders. That's a little scary. The Raiders. Will, Will Levis to the uh, Falcons. Paris Johnson Jr. Okay. Peter Skoronsky to the yep. Eagles. Jackson Smith and Jigba to the Titans. That's that that's a fitting pick. Feels good. Quentin Johnston off the board. Devin Witherspoon. Broderick Jones. Okay, we're starting to see tackles. Lucas Van Ness, Nolan Smith, Joey Porter Jr. Okay, he's still on the board. What what's, what, what pick are we at right now? We're at eighteen, like you okay. requested. So so now we go deal or no deal. Um, <laughs> what do we I'm want to Howie offer? Mandel right now. I need to shave my dome, cut the lettuce off, and go Howie Mandel you, you, on this. You know, let's. Teams know this isn't that good of a draft. And what does it cost to get to 18? So Broderick Jones is gone, right? Yeah. I'm going to try to lowball these guys. Yeah, lowball them. Of course, we have 31. What about 31. 122? Just start there. Try there. Try it, baby. See if we can get up and get 18. You only get so many offers before they're like, screw you. 
Okay, they did not accept that. You know what I say? Okay. I say no deal. Howie Mandel, press it again. Give me to 21. I, I'm throwing in 134 and 249. Is that too much? Give me to, I'm telling you, no deal. We're going how I'm playing hardball now. They they pissed oh, me oh, off. Okay. We're we're, we're going we're to pick 21. The draft. Let's see who the Lions pick. 21. Darnell Wright. That was a that what? was a they called your bluff, my man. <laughs> they called my bluff. This is Ooh. why I'm not a GM. Dang it. That See, really I tried stings. playing hardball. I would be a horrible GM because if they didn't accept my deal, I'm I'm I am going to try and um play hardball. So now Darnell writes off and I do think it would cost too much to move up to 18. Um again, I, I do think one of these situations is the Chiefs can't overpay. The only way they can get in major issue is if they trade too much try and trade up too high, and all of a sudden that guy, for whatever reasons, either is a bust or has injuries, yep. and then all of a sudden you're looking at a a bad situation where you don't have a lot of impact players or at least contributors on a rookie contract. That's the only way to screw up when you have Mahomes at quarterback. You have to surround this team and fill in the gaps with rookie contracts. So uh, you know what? As sad as it is, the Lions, they called my bluff. Darnell Wright's gone at 18, but maybe in the long run, this is the right move. It hurts. Let's uh, resume this. Who's Brian left? Branch, so who's B. left? John Robinson. I'm going to pause because the Chargers are up and Anton Harrison is kind of the last tackle because I don't think we're, we're interested in Dewan Jones, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, like Nate said, why trade Orlando Brown and then bring in a guy who's even heavier and plays a similar play style. But would Harrison be worth moving up for, or do we just say there are some decent tackles in round two and round three. He's not as, I don't think his ceiling is where uh, Darnell writes. Some of those other guys are Broderick Jones's. And I also think, Harrison's play strength. I'm not sure he's going to be ready to go at right tackle in year one. Mm. I, I will say this about Anton Harrison. Uh, he did play left tackle in college, which I wonder if that means that translates at all to left tackle in the NFL. Would it be a reach though, going for Harrison at this point? Cause he was kind of, not in my my Darnell Wright range. For me, Darnell Wright was the last tackle that I thought trading up made sense for. If I'm at this point, I, I don't think I make that move. I think I'm out. I think I either wait to 31 or, again, when my person, if I had my druthers, if I'm the Kansas City Chiefs, I trade back. I, I pick up Derek Hall. I pick up Cedric Tillman in the second round. That's the way I go. Uh, I, I know fans won't like that because the drafts in Kansas city, they want to see a pick happen. So for this exercise, at least we will draft at least at 31 instead of trading back. I do think the uh, quarterback from Tennessee, H- uh, Hendon hooker going off fo- folks draft boards does make the potential trade back more likely. The reason being a fifth year option, on a quarterback is extremely, extremely valuable. The Packers, for example, wouldn't be in this situation. They would have one more year to play around. If that was the case, they're not, um, but for this exercise, we'll stay at 31 then. All right. I agree. I don't think he's worth jumping up. Deontay Banks, cornerback from Maryland. Brian Breesy, 
I've seen him mock to the Chiefs. Miles Murphy, same thing. Two teammates. Mm -hmm. Michael Mayer. Zay Flowers. Jordan Addison. Now, now hold on a second. Dalton Kincaid, my guy, is on the board. I don't think we're going to be able to trade up with Buffalo and Cincinnati, but what about the Saints? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to convince you, am I? You're, you're, you're going to trade up now for a tight end best. If this is true, I will fly. Are you, Where are you at right now? Where, where Are you in, was it Alabama? Huntsville, Alabama, yeah. I will, I will head down to Alabama. I will knock on your door, and I will, I will, I will pretend I'm someone else. I'm a UPS delivery, and it's a UPS delivery for a can of whoop ass. We are not trading up for a tight end. That is beyond asinine. It's the it logical is not best. Asinine. Dal- Dalton Kincaid is a top twelve talent in this in this draft. And of hey all- pal, oh. you, you may do this. You may you may go through that list of tight ends again because I'll do it. I'll do it. I, I have know, I, but, I have but, no qualms. You, you have- I, you have to you have to pay attention to history, but I think that recent history is a little bit better. And no, also the past the, the, 15 years, okay. Jermaine Gresham, Tyler Erfurt, Eric Ebron, David Njoku, Evan Ingram, OJ Howard, Hayden Hurst, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, and then Kyle Pitts. No chance. I, I got you, but you gotta think of him more as a receiver than a tight end, a move tight end. And when you're considering that he's going to learn from Travis Kelsey and he's going to play under Andy Reid, and I think he is better than any wide receiver in this draft. I'm not disagreeing, but I just told you, what was what was Kyle Pitts? He was a receiving tight end, right? How's that looking at pick four? Yeah. He had a thousand yards as a rookie. It's not his what fault he that he got hurt year? last year. And what about T.J. Hawkinson? His coach, T.J. Hawkinson, was great last year. Is it's he on the his... team that drafted him? Well, no, because Matt Patricia was the worst coach we've ever seen. And, Is and Hayden Hurst really on the team that drafted him? Hayden, again, if if you want to make the case at thirty-one, all I will begrudgingly hear you out. But okay. I will not trade up for a tight end in the first round. The, that, the that's last, where I'm stopping. The last thing I want to say is it's kind of rich hearing a Kansas City Chiefs fan argue that the positional value of a receiving move tight end isn't there when Travis Kelsey has been one of the most valuable players in the league over where the course Kelsey of the drafted past at? decade. Where, 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 where was Kelsey drafted? In the third round. Oh, okay. Just wanted to make sure. Now, the other thing is, if you look at where uh, you can tr- maybe trade back, because if you look at where Dallas Goddard was was drafted, if you look at where Mark Andrews was drafted, those guys, you, you start to get some guys in the second and third round. Like you said, George Kittle as well. I think maybe he was even later. So let's just see what happens here. Fun little debate. The Bills are on the clock. We may not get through four rounds. Dalton no. Kincaid. We'll, we'll do two. <laughs> Mazzy Smith. You might be able to do three. I can speed it up too. Cam Smith. Anton Harrison. So we are in a pickle because Kincaid is gone. Harrison is gone. Now, Kalijah Kansi, the top defensive tackle in this draft, is somehow ev- available out of Pittsburgh. Yeah. And – 
That is intriguing. Put him next to Chris Jones. He not only helps Chris Jones not get doubled as much, he helps Nick Bolton in the linebacking core. Ah, oh. Now, Will McDonald, I'm not as high on him. Felix Anadike Uzama? Yeah. Did I, did I get close there? From K-State, right? FAU, yeah. Oh, F it, yeah. Now, he's going to be a popular pick. If, if we just want to kind of impress the chat and our listeners – we can pander a little bit. And he, he's, he's a really good player. I, I will say Will McDonald, I think I'm out on. Um, he's 6'4", 239. And I know some people want to say, you want that speed rusher. And I'm, I'm in for a speed rusher on the other side of George Karloftis. But that's just a little too small. The only person around that same size who's been elite that I can think of is Micah Parsons. And Micah Parsons is a complete freak. That's the outlier, in my opinion. Hassan I don't want Reddick, maybe? Yeah, but I don't want to dra- – yeah, sure. And I'm not trying to draft for the outlier. I'm trying to think of some consistency. I think Will McDonald has too high of a potential bust rate here in Kansas City. Um, I probably wouldn't go that way personally, so I wouldn't mind crossing him, crossing him off of your okay with that. I, I'm totally on the same page. Now, the Texans are calling us up, and so are the Rams at 33 and 36. You want to try to trade back? Clark Hunt won't like it, but – uh. He's not the one that's uh, going to lose his job if these players don't perform. Yeah, you, you, you know what my thoughts are. My, my thoughts are if the Chiefs get to 31 and there's not necessarily a guy, I do think the uh, defensive tackle is a very logical pick at this point. Uh, the fact that he is still there is exciting because I do think pairing him along Chris Jones, while it might not make the most sense off the top of our head, saying, hey, that's not really a position of need, right? I do think there's something there. The Chiefs are so versatile, especially in situations where Chris Jones, in obvious passing down situations, goes to edge. It might make sense to have another uh, disruptor in the middle, which allows Chris Jones to do what he does best, which is being a versatile guy. He can come at any angle. And then this way, you almost do what Aaron Donald does with the Rams. Whoever the weak point is on the offensive line, you line Aaron Donald over. Well, if you have an interior pass rusher who's also solid, you can afford to do that with Chris Jones. The Chiefs just weren't able to play him at edge predominantly because they didn't have that interior pressure. They had no one there, and it was just Chris Jones. Well, now you have someone else. I'm more intrigued by this interior defense alignment, I think, than anything else. Now, the axiom is you draft for uh, tomorrow, not today. But my concern is that both Charles and Minihue and Mike Dana are, are better rushing from the interior. So there could be a little bit of a log jam there. Turk McBride, or not Turk McBride, Turk Wharton, Ooh, that was a blast from the past, Turk McBride. Are you even old enough to remember Turk, Turk McBride? What about Trey McBride, the tight end? Isn't that, like a, isn't that like a third string tight end somewhere in the NFL? No, he's he plays for the Cardinals. He was the top yeah. uh, tight end off the board last year. So I'm a little iffy. He, he's really good, but I'm a little bit iffy on, on the value there uh, just from a snap standpoint. You want to see if we can trade, we can move back two spots and flip our three for the Texans too. So, so what picks are the Texans giving us? Uh, they will give us thirty-three and sixty-five, and we will give them thirty-one and ninety-five. We'll move up thirty spots for moving back two. Oh yeah, I'm in. So, so I'm in hundred percent there. Um, I, I would be a thousand percent in with that. I, I don't know if this actually happens in real life, but if we, 
if we're doing what we want to do, I'm in. They accept it. They accept it. They really, I don't know if they, they want their quarterback. Maybe they want, maybe they passed and they want. In her, Hinden Hooker. I think they picked. Is a possibility. No, they picked Stroud. I, I don't know what they're doing, but I don't, I don't particularly care. Um, resume draft. Osiris Torrance. They traded up to get a guard. <laughs> and Kalijah Kansi is still there. Draft him. We're good. Lock it you in. Don't want, you don't want FAU because I'm going to make – he's a local player. I think he's got a hey. good motor. He's, he's pretty bendy. Hey, go. What does the chat think? Kansi or FAU? Give us a little feedback here, and, and Sterling and I will filibuster – until we uh first name we see we're going with so so please be canty because i want the interior defensive lineman because i do think it, it makes the most sense for chris jones being able to put him anywhere on the defensive line uh come on baby come on someone say it someone say it either canty or okay matt oh, reeves oh, oh. matt you've been going against me i appreciate you though it's okay it's okay the north yeah the northwestern edge is there uh you guys are just being cruel right now Ada to Miwa, Ada Baware. Man, I butchered that. That is that is a rough, rough name. Okay, so I think multiple. Oh, let let's. So we've got. We've already moved down, and we already picked up another yeah, second round draft pick. I, I, we, we, I don't we've know. We've already picked moving. up another second round. So what we're gonna do now is I say what I would do. Hear, hear me out. Gotcha. Cansey, then Derek Hall. Boom. Then yeah, we're I'm putting ourselves guy. in it. In well, we've got 63 and 65, so we can probably. And then Cedric Tillman. Boom. What, what, I have done it. We've already traded back for those of you who are just now listening. What we did is traded out of the first round. What we did was basically moved up to, from a third to a second. What I'm saying right now, hear me out best. You draft Cansey right now. You probably can still get Derek Hall. You can probably still get Cedric Tillman. Now you have your interior defense alignment, you have your edge, and you have your ex-wide receiver. I like it. We're going against the chat, but we've we've heard them out. And Kalijah Cansey, for me, the more I think about it, you're getting a, a top 15 player. I, I really haven't seen him lower than 20 on anybody's board. And we're doing it at 33. We picked up an extra second. I'm pulling the trigger. It feels good. Let's speed this up a little bit. Yeah, keep going. We're on pick 40. Josh Downs just went. Jalen Hyatt. FAU. Uh, The tackle from Syracuse. What's his name again? Matthew Bergeron. <clears throat> yep. Keon White from Georgia Tech, the the edge. Sam Laporta just went. Ouch. That would have been a nice pick. It's okay. Derek so, Hall's still there, baby. Derek Hall's still there. Derek Hall is there. And Are we at our pick yet? Are we there yet? Yeah, we're we're at 63. We have a 63. Okay, boom. 60, Derek Hall. We we, we have, have Derek Hall and, and then Tillman. I'm not quite as big on Derek Hall as you. I, I want to hear your case. And I think the listeners want to hear it too. You're, that, that's your draft crush. I, I, I think sell us on it. 
Derek Hall, 6'3", 256, bendy. He has 34 and a half inch arms. If you look at the athleticism score from Next Gen Stats, he is ranked as the second most athletic edge. Yes, second most, most athletic edge at 254 and 6'3". Come on. That's crazy talk. He ran a 4.55. And again, we're not talking about a guy who ran a 4.55 at 2.30. We're talking at 2.55. He is a good complement to George Karloftis. That's what you want, a good complement to the style of Karloftis. Again, not too small. Not too small. We're not talking that 2.37. We're talking 2.55. Derek Hall, lock it. Yeah. It, do you think he's more of a three, four player like Lucas Van Ness? Could okay. be, but I, I, this Chiefs defense is is all about versatility. They're all right. about versatility. And I think he adds a different style of play than Carl Loftus and what is currently on this roster. That's why. I, I want the versatility. I want something different. It adds something to the pot. It adds something to the equation. I'm in, a, I'm in for Derek Hall. Gary H. asked, do you really think the Chiefs would trade out of the first round with the draft being held in Kansas City? I don't know. I don't know. It depends how um, tight Clark Hunt wants to hold on to the reins. Uh, I think he cares mostly about the long-term health of the franchise. But I also know he's a businessman who probably wouldn't mind making a splash uh, when we're hosting the draft. Who knows when we'll, we'll host it again. But for the sake of this exercise – we are doing what's best for the roster, right, yeah. Sterling? And, and I will say, I think trade-up is the most realistic possibility. I don't think the Chiefs stay at 31. I really do think that they either trade up or trade back. I, I would be I would be honestly perplexed and shocked if they stayed at 31. We did this ourselves. There's just not 31 first-round draft picks, right? Obviously, 31 people will get drafted in the first round, but they, they will not have 31 first-round draft grades. Uh, again, we tried playing hardball with the Lions in this mock draft, Darnell Wright, and going at 18. But I think we got the better deal. We, we got um, uh, Chancey. We're going we're gonna to get Derek Hall. And then as long as no one picks Tillman at 64, you have your ex-receiver at 65. You now have yeah. three upgrades. In my opinion, on this roster, in this mock draft we're doing, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, you got to love that we, we moved back two spots and moved up even though we lost a first rounder, we moved up 30 spots from the third, from 95 to 65. And then at 33, we still got a top 20 player. We still got a first round talent for sure. And with Derek Hall, you convinced me, I think he's a nice change up to the stiffer power bull rushers we have. I think he has the spags physique. He has the 34 and a half inch arms. You've convinced me. I'm a little nervous about it. I don't feel... 100%, but we're going to do it. Derek Hall out of Auburn is the pick. We just handed in the card. Sterling, you've got to be ecstatic. You've got your guy. Now we're at 65. And the question is, can we trade back and no, still get don't risk it. Cedric Tillman? Be don't because, risk it. Listen, listen to me. I really like A.T. Perry. Jonathan Mingo, I love. I think I might like him as much as Cedric Tillman. What picks do we currently have? We have 65, 65, 122, and then okay. 134. We'll leave 65 picks. as our last one. 65 is my last one for this little mock draft, all right? So we'll say 65 for this. I personally would go Cedric Tillman. That's my personal preference. Uh, but I had my druthers on the first two. I don't want to have this as a 
monarchy. Although, I mean, come on, who doesn't want to have a monarchy? Who wants, who doesn't want to be a dictator when it comes to this mock draft, but this is democracy and democracy reigns here on wacky Wednesday. I will defer to you best. What do you guys in the chat think? A.T. Perry is also on the board from Wake Forest. He is a similar body type, Rasheed Rice, who I kind of like. A very physical player, inconsistent. He's out of SMU. They're quite. See, the good thing about this range is all the small burner receivers are basically off the board, save Tank Dell. But the second round, you have the more X types that we talked to, to Nate about. And one thing that I'm game for doing especially with me not liking the offensive tackle talent as this draft progresses, is maybe you double dip. Maybe at 65 you grab a receiver, and then maybe, I don't know if Jaden Reed or or Xavier Hutchinson or even Mingo are still there at 122. You get two receivers, and and one of them with Patrick Mahomes and this coaching staff is going to make it, right? I'm with you. I mean, I, I would for sure be in there. I see Matt Reeves was saying his draft crush is Andre. Uh, I butcher his name, the dude from Princeton who is just athletic as all hell. Uh, well, I'm, not even gonna try, I'm not even going to try that name. He's later in the draft. I've seen him. I did a mock draft. got him the sixth, if I'm not mistaken. Um, raw guy. But I'm seeing a lot of Mingo. Seeing a lot of Mingo. Well, let's see Let's see if he falls to 120. Let's go to 122. We can turbo this. Let's Wait, take, who do we draft at? Who do we, are we taking we're, Tillman? We're, we're taking Tillman here because I think we can take a gamble on someone like maybe Mingo is gone. But at 122, if we want to, if we want to take another receiver, we can take a gamble on somebody who has a lot of upside. But Tillman, I think, is really safe. I don't know if he's ever going to be a true wide receiver one, but I would be shocked if he wasn't a starter in this league, if he wasn't a reliable possession receiver I think we got to do it. I'm pushing the button, guys. Cedric Tillman. I mean, this is Sterling's dream draft, getting both Derek Hall and Cedric Tillman. And Kansi. Come on. I'm turning. I put it on turbo mode. Okay. We're flying through it. And we're already at 122. You guys are not going to believe this. Holy shit. Jonathan Mingo went at 121. Unbelievable. Not not cool. They called our bluff. But I didn't mention him, but there's someone I really like here. Parker Washington, slot receiver out of Penn State, very tough guy. You can think of him as a poor man's juju. I really like him. So, But Isaiah McGuire out of, out of MIZ is on the board, and he's the highest player on the board. At yeah, least nice little edge piece there. Yeah, nice little edge piece there. You did already go edge with Derek Hall earlier on. But we went receiver already, too. So you, I think there's more need, personally. In my opinion, I think there's more need for um, wide receiver, I think, at this point, after going Karloftis, Derek Hall, in this current iteration of this draft. You brought in Charles Aminahu. Uh, that's my personal preference. But I'll let, I'll, I'll let you hear um, or go with whoever you want to go here. We're getting poo-pooed on Parker Washington. Uh, Corey Trice, the cornerback out of Purdue, is there. Interesting. He re- he really wasn't on my board for this pick, but good player. And you have to think that the Chiefs are going to be cognizant of maybe we have to prepare for life after Sneed, right? If someone throws the bag at Sneed and says, we're giving you $18 million per year, the Chiefs are going to say, no way. 
you know, given the way that they pick corners, they can't pay that. Uh, Ed E says tight end. Uh, the kid from South Dakota State is gone. Now, Davis Allen is there and Zach Kuntz are there, but I, I think you can get one of those guys at 134 if you want it. And they're just, I see offensive line being mentioned. Mm, I'm not liking the choices there. I will say Deuce Vaughn is pretty high on this big board right now. I, I really like Deuce Vaughn. I, I think I wouldn't reach more than the fifth, though. Just I, I think I would have to wait on. I, I'm a very big supporter of Deuce Vaughn. Thinks he makes a lot of sense. Uh, I think he's a good compliment to Isaiah Pacheco. But I don't know if I'd draft him this high. That's probably just my personal preference, though. I, I agree, especially when you got another pick at 134 and then 166. We're talking about not betting on anomalies. He is so small that if he makes it, he will be defying, defying the odds, defying the history of the position. I would not like to place that bet. I'm kind of looking at Isaiah McGuire. I, I feel like he is a top 100 player at a premium position of edge. Uh, he's a local guy, so I'm sure the, the Chiefs have done their homework on him. I'm trying Maybe to sell you on a Mizzou player. Oh, I'm in. I mean, M-I-Z, don't, come on. Don't keep digging. It's already there, baby. Isaiah McGuire, Mizzou. We're at 134. Let's just do it. You want to take Deuce Vaughn just to throw the Let's chat do it. bone? We'll take Deuce Vaughn. We got a Mizzou player. We got a Kansas State player. No Jayhawks, unfortunately. But uh, Kansi, Derek Hall, Cedric Tillman. We ended up going with Isaiah McGuire and Deuce Vaughn. Those were our, our, our top five, but we ended up going with, with our trade back. Um, I would be thrilled. You'd have to be thrilled because you get a – a guy that can play in Cansey on day one, really going to help Chris Jones and that whole defensive line. Uh, you get a possession receiver with size, something we have sorely needed for who knows how long, maybe since Dwayne Bow. And we get an edge that's ready to play right away. We get another edge that maybe we can take a little bit more time to develop. And Deuce Vaughn, you know, a fun little six touches a game player initially. Uh, before we get out of here, just want to throw this out there for everyone. If you like to bet, we all like to bet. Come on. You want to win some money, go to Caesars, use code Arrowful, and get your first bet on Caesars up to $1,250. Minimum 10 plus dollar wager required. Must register with eligible promo code, which is again Arrowful. New customers only, 21 plus and present in Kansas. Gambling problem? Call text 1 800 522 4700 Kansas. See full terms at Caesars.com slash sportsbook and casino or in the description below. It's been a lot of fun. I've been mocking like crazy. I have no. There's just no way to predict the draft. It's going to end up looking totally different than any mock out there. And when you're sitting at 31, it's a little helpless on draft night. You're just sitting there watching, having no clue who's going to be there. But that is the price of stacking up championships, my friend. It's worth it. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm not complaining. I I would rather be in our shoes than be uh, a Texans fan. That is for sure. All right, guys. Today was a blast. And actually, I will be back tomorrow with Patrick Allen. But until next Wacky Wednesday, for the two of us, go Chiefs.
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.